As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. Before we get started, we would like to invite you to leave a review for this podcast in iTunes. It's a brand new show and it's really important in the launch of a new podcast to gather reviews. Will you please help us spread the word by leaving a review so that more mamas have a chance of finding this podcast when they search for one? We read every single review and we promise to keep doing that. We love what everyone, all of you ladies have been saying about the Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy podcast here with My Essential Birth. So thank you everyone for your continued support. We wanted to do a special episode on how to approach birth if you find yourself in a position where you're going to be giving birth with less support than what you initially anticipated. In our current environment, um, coronavirus is sometimes limiting the support people that you can have. There was a period where they were even saying, nope, you're on your own, women of New York City. You can't have anybody in there with you. Luckily, they changed that policy about a week later after enough people um, spoke out about it. But, you know, either way, they're limiting who can be there with you. And so maybe you planned on having a partner and a doula, and now you've just got your partner. So that's what this podcast episode is going to be about is how do you approach birth if you're birthing with less support or even no support? And I guess the number one thing you can do seems so obvious is that you prepare, you prepare for birth. Preparation means that you'll have less fear. If you're prepared, you won't fear. So we're going to talk to you about ways to prepare, how to prepare, point you in the direction of some great um, online resources. Some are paid, some are free, and it's like a menu. You pick and choose how you're going to prepare. But I think any woman who's pregnant right now should should take this approach of I might be birthing with less support than I initially planned, and so here's what I'm going to do about it. Yeah, I agree. And I want to start this off. I think we both do by encouraging all of the women listening to just have a little faith. I think whatever you're walking through right now, it's really important to trust that there's a reason for it. Um, Even if we can't see it in this moment, 
And I think that you'll have the opportunity to strengthen others with your story and to pass down an incredible birth story and legacy to your children. Um, it makes me think of times past and you read some of the birth stories from long, a long time ago. Um, just the strength and the empowerment of these women that birthed in all of different situations to be able to bring children forth in the wilderness and on ships and like just all over the world in all different kinds of ways. You're one of the stories of history that's going to strengthen the rest of history to come. And I think that's a really important thing to recognize. Um, and yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some things you can do right this minute? Well, you're already doing the first thing. You can listen to our podcast. We really try our best to show up for you and pour as much value into these episodes as possible. And if you start with episode number one and you work your way through all 30 plus of them, you're going to have um, a really great foundation to start from. And make sure that you're following us on Instagram. We try to jump on there every single day, give some more information, hopefully spread some light and some cheer and some love during this time, even if it's goofy and not even all pregnancy related. So make sure that you're following us on Instagram too. Another really important thing is we do have an online birth course. I know a lot of women have signed up for our course in the last month because they're like, well, shoot, my in-person class got canceled and um, I'm wanting to do an online course and yours is the one I immediately thought of. And that makes us feel awesome knowing that we have a way to support you um, during this time and any time. But go ahead and get into the My Essential Birth course. It's all online. Um, and our support group includes midwives and doulas and postpartum specialists and us. You get direct private messages from Steph and I. We respond immediately most of the time. Um, we really jam-packed as much as we could into this birth course to make it what we feel one of the best on the market. Yeah, and we go live in the Facebook group. We're super active there. So honestly, whatever you guys need, we feel like we try to provide that as much as possible and as individually as possible. So to sign up for the course, go to www.myessentialbirth.com. And if you want to, you can add to that forward slash get started. Um, and we have two different options there. You can get started for 75 bucks or you can pay for the course in full. Um, either way, we're here to help you. Yeah. And also we've got not just the normal podcast episodes, but we're going to link to two here. We did it in the last episode as well, just so it's easy for you to guys to find in the show notes. Um, but we've got one specifically that has a relaxation practice that you can do with or without your partner and a free guided meditation. So we'll link to both of those in the show notes. All right. So some things to consider a little background for you. Luckily, New York City has allowed women to have at least their their partner, their husband in the room. Um, no woman should ever, ever have to birth alone. And it's crucial that your birth partner prepares with you. If they're the only person that's going to be there supporting you through birth, then they better know what they're doing, right? Even women who support women as doulas need training right? And so it's not something you just sort of instinctively know how to do. So help your partner out by helping them get prepared and get knowledgeable. Keep in mind that if your partner shows signs or they have symptoms resembling COVID-19, the guideline for now is that they will not be allowed in the hospital with mom. So prepare some kind of backup. It doesn't have to be a doula. It can be a sister or a mother or a friend. But this person should be, if you're within the course, watching all of the course videos with you. If you're not taking a course, but you're learning a bunch of information, you have to be relaying that information to these other people so that they can support you when it's time. 
Right. So I know that some women have said, Hey mom, go watch class five lesson two in the course. Or if they're listening to our podcast, they'll say, Hey, go listen to episode number 14. And then let's talk about it. Just make sure you're involving not just your partner, but some other backup support person as well. Um, you do have the option to birth in a birth center or at your home. And you can go ahead and listen to our previous podcast episode for more information and perspective on that. All right. So let's jump into the how do we actually prepare then? If you are somebody who's looking at possibly having less birth support due to the COVID-19 in these next couple of weeks, how do you prepare? Um, first of all, we've already mentioned the podcast, Instagram, the birth course, all of that information is already with you. Um, now we're going to list a bunch of others that you're going to love. Uh, the first is to read books. And we've got several that we like. And if you guys have others, we want you to totally share and we'll jump on Instagram and we'll post it to the world. Um, but we really like The Birth Partner, Ina May's Guide to Natural Childbirth. Um, both of those are really good for reading about birth, learning about birth, preparing your partner. And then we've got a few things like five love languages and the Enneagram test to help you understand you and your partner, how you're going to work well together emotionally, mentally. Um, and then on top of that, we've got all of our Enneagram episodes um, for you guys to be able to listen to. So if you're like, oh, I'm a five, then you can go back and listen to five. And we even have a section within each Enneagram episode that talks about what's important for partners to know. <laughs> so make sure that you guys go listen to those. The next recommendation is one that I think every woman should do anyway, and that is watch birth videos. We have many within the course, but you can also search for birth videos on YouTube um, and be specific about what you're typing in there. So if you know that you're going to be in a hospital and that your goal is an unmedicated hospital birth, then search unmedicated hospital birth story. Use those hashtags on Instagram to search for kind of what you're looking for. Um, hashtag birth story is one, but look for those positive videos and birth stories. And then ask women around you to tell you their positive birth stories, not the, oh my gosh, you won't believe what happened kind, but the ones that are really going to build you up and give you strength and courage. As always, I feel like we mention this every episode, you guys, it's so important, <laughs> but the find it and flip it exercise. Um, I think now more than ever, if you are having any fears, any doubts, any creeping, crawling feeling that's climbing into your head or whatever, this is the time to use this exercise. We'll put it in the show notes. You can download it. Basically, you're going to take any fears or those negative thoughts and you're going to write them down on paper, first of all, so they lose power. And secondly, then you're going to write two positive affirmations. They're, they're the direct opposite of whatever fear or concern that you're having. And you start saying those positive affirmations out loud. You would be surprised how intensely what you are thinking and what you put into your mind has an effect on your physical, mental, and emotional state. So when we tell you to do these things, it's not just for fun. Um, there's, it's a very, very important practice to get started on immediately. We talk all the time about how when women are like, I was in birth for 20 hours and didn't dilate at all. Um, that's a baby positioning issue. That's not a, your body can't dilate issue. That's in a, your baby was in a wrong position. And so we really recommend that you go to our website, myessentialbirth.com and you download the three free exercise guide. This is another one we talk about all the time, but you guys, it's free. And it's three exercises that you need to be doing every single day 
to help encourage your baby into an ideal position for birth. Because honestly, baby's position can mean the difference between a comfortable labor and a hard one or a super slow labor or a quick one. Um, Sometimes it can even be the difference between a birth that has more interventions or less. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. Also, it's important to know what is evidence-based and what's not. We talked about this in the last episode. Um, But for example, it is not evidence-based. It's not an evidence-based practice to induce a mom at 39 weeks just because of the COVID virus being near um, or any other reason regarding COVID, um, COVID COVID-19. So make sure that you know the evidence behind the information that's coming at you from providers. Um, And if you have any questions, certainly send us a DM. We're not medical providers. We can't provide medical advice, but we can put you in direct communication with other women who are and or we can provide information to links and other things that'll show you what the evidence says. Continue to do your part to remain healthy and low risk so that your options remain totally open. That means eating healthy. And what we mean by that is try to reduce the amount of refined sugar and flour that you're consuming. Do your part to um, reduce stress and and try to get a good night's sleep. And if you're having trouble sleeping at night because you're pregnant, mama, we totally understand. If you're one of the lucky ones who gets to be at home right now, which is hopefully a lot of you, then take naps during the day. But stress management, um, sleep management, exercising, doing something to move your body every day. These are the things that are going to help you remain healthy and low risk. Yeah. And I feel like what goes along with that really well is yoga. Um, Yoga is good for breathing. It's good for relaxation. It's good for stretching your body. Um, And I think, I mean, and now especially, it's something that you can do at home for free. Courtney, you've got a really there and I've done some of her stuff. So we'll put it in the show notes. But um, I think it's yoga with Adrian. Yeah, Yeah, but she's wonderful. And she's got an entire 30 day program. And there's you guys, there's tons of that stuff for free on YouTube. So you can look up different prenatal, different pregnancy, um, even postpartum. If you're a postpartum mom listening to us, um, you can go online and do all of that completely for free and completely in your home. And something that goes along with that is meditation, Um, whether it's mindfulness, guided breathing, um, whatever you do to help get yourself into a meditative state, prayer, these things are going to be so, so good for you. And as you do that, like visualize the kind of birth that you want to have from start to finish. We have a great podcast episode on that too. Um, Really just be proactive. You don't want to create a situation where you're unprepared and stressed and feel like you're on the defense or making decisions based on reactions instead of a plan. And on that note, creating a birth plan. Um, We've got an episode on how not to write a birth plan, which will tell you how to write a birth plan. But there's no reason that just because of all the chaos, you shouldn't have a plan. In fact, if anything, um, that will help ease your stress to have a plan for the situation that you're planning for. And remember to be flexible in your approach with your birth plans. And if things change, remember to trust that there's a plan for you, your baby, and your family. So we love to tell you when you're creating a birth plan that this is a wonderful thing to look at, to plan for, to hope for. But if things change, try to be flexible because we never know exactly what's going to be coming at us. And the more flexible that we can be with that plan, um, the easier and more gentler we'll be able to work through to the end. So one thing we want to remind you of is to really try your best to be patient with healthcare providers. And we would hope that they would extend that same courtesy to you. 
Um, I know having a sister who's been working ER and trauma departments and is under a lot of pressure that they're doing the best that they can. And um, they're under a lot of stress and we're grateful for them. And I think that above all, we all want the same outcome. We want healthy mom, healthy baby. And sometimes we take different approaches then they might. And just keep in mind that they're on your side. And if you take that approach with them, and if you do your best to extend that grace and that patience, um, it, I promise it goes a long way and it's very much appreciated by them. And on that note, make sure that you are polite and courteous when you're speaking with providers right now, they're honestly fielding a lot of questions and a lot of stress patients on top of their new daily routines. So I know, for example, even in our area here, Once they started pulling back the birth support because of COVID-19, there were a lot of doulas and a lot of clients that were calling in and saying, this isn't fair. We need to change this policy. And it does become overwhelming when you're just trying to get through the day. And as we know, like nurses work really long hours, um, their shifts are pretty heavily burdened. And especially right now where they can't have extra support in there, they're really taking on a heavier role. So keep that in mind. We had one of our students reach out to us sharing her birth story with us because it's kind of unique. um, And I think there's a lot that we can all learn from her experience. She was a mama who tested uh, positive for COVID-19. She was living in New York City. And um, she had planned to have an induction at 40 weeks. But wouldn't you know it, 39 weeks and six days, she started having contractions and called the hospital ahead of time, um, let them know that she was in labor. And she was told, hey, wait as long as possible before coming in, um, you know, for your safety and for ours as well. Um, It was her understanding in light of Governor Cuomo and the CDC saying that laboring women can have one support person with them that her husband would be present. But when they got to the hospital, they called in from the car and they told her that it would just be her. She could only come in by herself. And um, as you can imagine, this was a huge shock for her and her husband. They were both very upset, very tearful, as you probably would be and I would be too in that situation. But they um, said their goodbyes and she took her hospital bag and walked herself into labor and delivery for a scheduled cesarean birth. She was able to meet with her OB uh, prior to the surgery and pleaded with him to allow her husband to be there for the birth of their baby girl. Unfortunately, he consented. And so her husband was able to be there after all. But really, the part of the story that we want to touch on is kind of what happens after. So as soon as her baby was born, and despite what she talked to her doctor about on her birthing plan, um, she was immediately separated from her baby. There wasn't immediate skin to skin or bonding time with the baby. And in fact, it wasn't until the next day at around 4 p.m. in the afternoon that she was allowed to even see her baby. And this mother was very frustrated and upset, tried to speak with the pediatrician on call, tried to speak with the doctor on call, um, trying to ask them what was the basis for the separation of mom and baby. Yes, she had tested positive for COVID-19, but she was mildly symptomatic. And in fact, according to her, all she had at the time was just kind of a stuffy nose. So despite this sweet mama's pleadings, please show me the policy. That's not my understanding. It's my understanding that even if I'm positive, that I don't need to be separated from my baby. They kept her separated from her baby until she was finally able to go home. Fortunately, breastfeeding caught on really quickly and they're 
doing okay now. But as you can imagine, if this isn't the kind of experience that you are prepared for, it's going to be very upsetting if that's what happens to you when you get to the hospital. We're so grateful to this sweet mama for letting us share her story because as Stephanie and I thought through it, we think there's some things that you can do to be prepared for your birth and to make sure there aren't any surprises like this mom experienced. You know, one thing that I thought was interesting about her story and a little disheartening, if I'm being honest, is that she said that she had all of the guidelines pulled up on her phone and tried to show them to the provider when they came in. And she said she was brushed off and then they left the room and never even came back. And obviously, I mean, these are the kinds of stories that we hope not to be sharing with everybody. We hope this is not part of your story as well, but I think it's fair during this time that you have an idea of what may occur so that you can prepare your heart and mind, your plan around that so that if it does happen, maybe it's not such a stressor. And I remember too, when Courtney, when you contacted me about this, Courtney was really upset. Like I was not okay. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell them what you were feeling and like what your plan was. And I want to talk about my response too, because I have a fear for these moms. And anyways, tell me a little bit about that. I just felt like her patient rights had been violated. I think my point of view and I've simmered down. I've had a few days to not be so angry and upset on behalf of this mother, but I just felt like, what's the point in having policies from, you know, a national organization like the CDC or ACOG or who, what's the point in having patient rights outlined by them if the minute our country is in a stressor, we throw them out the window? Um, to me, the point of patient rights is that they're, they're something you can always depend on no matter what's going on. Um, I ended up calling my sister in Boston, who's a, who's a PA, and I was talking through this with her. Just help me understand why they they weren't honoring her rights. And really in this situation, what takes precedence? You know, does hospital policy override what the CDC is saying? So anyway, I, I was just really worked up. I just felt like they weren't necessarily treating her in a respectful manner. Um, and I had talked to Stephanie. I was like, I don't know what, if I, what I would have done if I was that mom. I don't know if I would have grabbed my baby and walked out of there. Like, I don't know what the legal implications of that are. Luckily, my sister and Stephanie kind of talked me down off the ledge. So, Steph, why don't you share your perspective? As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, my perspective is I've read a lot of articles, unfortunately, where things happen where where moms push a little too hard, even though they have the right and they're in the right, but they push a little too hard and get somebody upset and then they cause more trouble for themselves. And whether or not that, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but whether or not that's, they get CPS involved 
or they get some higher up involved or they take away more time from mom and baby or, or other things that are unnecessary. I feel like you push it to a point, you make your point, but if you can tell you're not going to get anywhere, I feel like the best thing to do as a mom is to just go along with the flow, let things simmer down, get that baby back as soon as possible. Um, but I don't think pushing it so far. And especially now when it's, everyone is just stressed and on edge. Um, I just think the best thing to do is to come prepared, um, show the information, but then if it, if there's some tensions, there's a point where you got to back off and let it go. Right. So fortunately, I don't think that you have to jump from one extreme to the other. You don't have to lay down and go with everything that they're saying to do, especially if it's a violation of the policies as you understood them and as they are currently being expressed by national organizations. But at the same time, um, I think that you can also advocate for yourself um, and, and stand up. So we talked about this with the mamas within our My Essential Birth course. And I think that really the best recommendation we can make for um, peaceful advocacy, which I feel like is that compromise there, is kind of like what Stephanie just said. Um, be checking the CDC website daily because their policies as they gather new information on how this virus actually interacts between mom and baby and during pregnancy and during that sensitive time after birth, um, they're, they're updating those things as they get new information. So have those policies printed up. Um, I would even take a copy of them with you to the hospital. But really, and my sister's recommendation was this conversation Um, needs to be happening before you get to the hospital. So whether you're doing tele-appointments with your provider, um, if you're not able to do a birth tour, but maybe they're taking phone calls, these are the kinds of things that you can speak to your provider and your birthplace about if they have that capacity to field questions. These are the kinds of things you can talk to them about ahead of time um, and talk to them about, are we on the same page as far as patient rights go? What if I'm COVID positive? What's that going to look like? Um, if you can have this conversation ahead of time, I feel like you could just potentially save yourself a lot of, you'll manage your own expectations, just like Steph said. Yeah. And I'm going to try and bring us back around and back to the point here where we can we'll finish out the rest of like what you can do to prepare. But Courtney and I actually just saw something today. So we've heard, you know, um, in New York and things like that, that um, if a mom's COVID-19 positive or whatever, she can still have her partner here in Utah. We've just seen some things in the hospitals that say if mom tests positive for COVID-19, she can't even have her birth partner with her. So hospital Which makes policies, zero sense to me. But... Yes. Yeah. They live together. <laughs> they sleep together. Like, I mean, right. Um, but I, I do think it's important. There, there's just a lot of chaotic, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions and things like that right now. So I, we want to make sure that you are prepared for every possible scenario, right? Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That way, when it comes time, you don't have to guess about what you're going to do. It's not going to be this frantic wait, but I thought this and we're not ready for whatever. It can be, okay, we knew that that was the worst possible scenario and we've got a plan. So that'll really change how your heart feels and how your body responds. Not that it will be easy, but it will be better on the heart and the mind and the body if you can, in the back of your mind, say, okay, I'm pulling from this information now. I know what to do. I think that has a very different effect. Yeah, that's kind of the philosophy we take within our birth course. We're going to outline 
every possible scenario that we can imagine. Now, when we did our birth course, we certainly didn't imagine a <laughs> pandemic, right? We're having to adjust as coming. we go. Right? <laughs> um, but that's kind of, that's a job of a good birth educator is to prepare you for every possible scenario, not so that you can fill your mind with like, oh, so many possible things could go wrong, but that so that you can have a plan ahead of time and so that you can feel calm in that moment. Your husband tests positive and he's not allowed in the hospital and it's just going to be you. That's okay. You have a plan. You know, you've thought it, you've thought this through ahead of time and really just comes back to when you're prepared, you don't need to feel that fear. And fear, honestly, guys, is like counterproductive for when you're trying to give birth. That will interfere with your body's ability to dilate and things. So, all right, let's bring it back around. What are some other ways they can prepare? All right. Something else that we want to encourage you guys to do to be prepared with less support is to reach out to others who can help you and put your mind at ease. Hopefully that includes Courtney and I, and we're not even joking. You send us an email, you send us a DM right now. We are taking the time. We're getting back to every single one of you and we're, we're answering all the questions. Um, Hopefully that includes your family, your friends, other pregnant women, maybe a doula. Um, There's other people that you should be able to reach out to that can help put your mind at ease. Take time to laugh. They always talk about how laughter is the best medicine, but it really does help to kind of lighten the situation and the mood. There's a reason, you guys, why I kept posting funny COVID-19 memes, and it's because it just makes you feel a little bit better about the situation that you're in, especially when you know that the whole world is in it with you. So take time to laugh. Watch your favorite show play games with your partner, um, make funny videos, post them on social media, whatever just makes you feel happier. And kind of along with that, spread some positivity because it's contagious and you want to spread it honestly, as far as you can, if you can be the light in the midst of the darkness, you'll be surprised how much of that light comes back to you. I know that we feel that as we put stuff on social media or whatever, that's super positive, just the positive comments that come back and how it makes you feel from the inside out. Um, But remember, we can't change our circumstances, but we can change our attitude. So try and focus on that. Tell other people about what you're learning and include the resources that are helping you get by as you prepare. Um, many other women out there need support. They need encouragement. They need to be cared for and they need the love of other women right now who are walking this path alongside them. Um, I know that I've been, go ahead. I was going to say, and on that note, I, we, I know that you and I both really appreciate all of you that have been sharing like the links to the podcast and things like that on your Instagram stories or with friends. I feel like we've had a bunch of people lately that are like, check this out. And I just think that's such a wonderful thing. We really appreciate it. Also, teledoula services are an option. Now, what the heck is a teledoula? Well, it's basically a doula that you get to FaceTime during your birth. And while they might not be able to do the typical hands-on support that you would normally expect from a doula, I know that I've done teledoula-ing um, for family members and walked them through, okay, it looks like right now you're going through this or even spoken encouraging words. Steph, have you had experiences with this before? Well, I just think like, that's what I do at the beginning of every labor. (laughs) Yeah. Moms are calling or dads are calling and they're like, okay, she's this many and this, and I'm just listening to her on the phone and I'm okay, just let's breathe through this next contraction and I'm timing them on my watch or whatever. And I'm listening to how she's breathing or moaning or sighing. I think a lot of that happens before I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll come. It's time for me to get involved with this. Or why don't you guys try and rest a little longer? 
Um, what I thought is if it was me and if, even if I had my husband there with me, I would love to just like have an earbud in my ear and somebody there, like, and like, just like my own little conscience, right. That's going to tell me all these happy things and tell me I'm doing great. Like there's power to that. There's a reason that women listen to meditations and other positive things during labor, music, all of that. So I think it's a wonderful service. Absolutely. I know that there's been times where you can even, I hate to use the word diagnose, but if I have a mom who's like, you know what, my labor is kind of stalled out at three centimeters. What do I do? I can absolutely walk her through positions to try other things to try. So it really can be effective. Um, And what's great is that you're getting doula support and often at half the rate of what they normally would be. So that's definitely something to consider including as part of your quarantine. Um, also talk with your partner. You need to be saying the scary things out loud so that they're losing power. And then you start to say the positive ones in place of it. Um, remember we've got that find it and flip it exercise at the bottom in the show notes. Um, but also remember that your partner is likely scared and has their own concerns too. They love you. They care about you. They're concerned about you and their, your baby, um, their baby. They want to make sure that you're okay. And feeling like some things are out of their control might be difficult for them to process too. So just remember, yes, they're your rock. Yes, they're who you're going to lean on, but they're also going through some stuff. So give a little grace that way too. So we wanted to lay out just a few ideas of things you and your partner really will need to know. And obviously these are topics that we cover extensively within the My Essential Birth course. Um, So hopefully you're a member of that. If not, we'd love to have you. And if not, then, you know, you can certainly research these things um, online as best as you can, but things that you'll want to really be in the know about are stages of labor, um, and along with that, the emotional signpost that you'll see from mom as she moves through these different stages of labor. Um, You'll want to know how to tell what stage of labor she's in that has nothing to do with dilation. I know everybody gets so hung up on that, but really, there's so much more happening to birth than just dilation. Um, You're going to want to know all the different ways you can use a birth ball, how to use that to keep labor progressing, um, different positions and which ones to assume for what you've got going on. You're going to want to know all about transition, what's normal during that particular phase of labor and what's not, you know, how long does it last? How can you help her through that tough spot? And then you're going to want to know about how to breathe your baby down and effective pushing. You're going to want to know about postpartum norms and outcomes and options and what to expect in newborn procedures. We are so grateful to the many men and women who are working round the clock to kind of keep our nation going, honestly. But there's also a lot of us that have lots of free time on our hands. So you have the time to study and get really knowledgeable and prepared on these things. Use that time to your benefit because I promise you that every minute you put into preparing for your birth, um, preparing for different scenarios with partner, without, with a different support person and without, I promise not a single minute will be wasted. Every single minute you can invest will be well worth your time. And we also wanted to share just a little tip and idea for you guys um, that we think and really hope will continue to help things go smoothly for you. So no matter where you're giving birth, whether that's home, birth center, or in a hospital setting, we really want to encourage you to love on the people that are working so hard to keep you and your baby and your family safe. So I know that we've talked about this before, but nurse baskets are so fun. And that can be for your midwife if you're at home or home birth and their assistants. Um, Normally, we'd say like put fun candies together 
and everything like that. But as we were talking about it, we're like, maybe they won't even want to touch stuff that we've touched, you know? And so even just something like a simple base of flowers and a thank you note, just saying, we understand what you, and appreciate everything that you're doing right now, the long hours you're working, the people that you're taking care of, the families that you're away from, um, you know, the danger even that you're putting yourself in every day to make sure that we can have a good experience. We really appreciate that. I think these are the kinds of people that are um, overworked and underpaid in regards to compliments and gratitude. So I know that for myself, even, you know, when somebody appreciates something that I'm doing, how much better I feel. And so I think if we can kind of add that positivity into that space, just even on your way in, it will be such a game changer for you. Absolutely. You put love out there. You're going to get so much love back in return. And as always, we love you, Mama, so much. We hope you know that we are 100% here for you. Like we said, shoot us an email, send us a DM, and stay positive because we know you're going to do amazing. All right, Mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.